1: Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk, up and rolling with Vince D'Addario, I'm Sean Stiers, we've got a lively crew in here tonight, Vince and I, I apologize it is 6.03, but to be quite honest, Vince and I were talking about all of you, (laughs) before we logged on.
2: It's true, it's true, see, it's not just in the show, people, we talk about you outside the show too. That's
1: right, you're in our minds, you're in our minds, it's a, it's a great, great place. To be glad to have you with us here tonight. Um man, and it's 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 warming up already. Good. It's it's a mailbag night, we've got questions already flowing we in. Do. We've got a couple super chats Ring sitting there. I'm I'm ready to get into this tonight. It's it's gonna be fun, I think.
2: Yes, I mean I it's agree. always
1: fun, but it might be even more fun tonight.
2: <laughs> There's a little chippiness in here, and I kind of dig it.
1: I know. I thought we'd get this last night because Jess and I were talking about. You know, the offense, have we seen the best? Have we seen the worst? And, you know, there was, Jess brought one of his spreadsheets, you know, so I don't know if that, (laughs) you know, sort of like just soothed most people's minds or.
2: or Of course he did.
1: (laughs) That's right. Love it.
2: (laughs) I need to tune into one of the spreadsheet shows. That's what needs to happen.
1: Yeah, you should. Go back to last Tuesday, man. Last Tuesday was, I can't remember the name of the show, but if you watch last Tuesday's show, that was like, that was the the like the whole with the personnel packages and the result of the play and it was all oh, about okay. it, it was his his thing was is it play calling or execution and he basically went through on every play okay this one was execution this one was play calling and you know kind of did a tally like that and again he had the personnel packages all in the, the whole thing it was
2: facts so, mixed with opinion
1: yeah I a lot, like of, it. Good I dig a lot it. of good stuff a lot of good stuff uh, kind of like this show, facts mixed with opinion, right? <laughs> Truth. We try to lean on facts to form our opinions, but yes. you know,
2: as much as possible. I you mean, know how
1: that goes. Hey, know. hit that like button. I mean, you're here and you're 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 going crazy in the chats already, so you might as well hit the like button if you would help us out, help out Irish Breakdown, and of course, rate, review, and subscribe. I was just looking. There's some new uh, Apple Podcast reviews,
2: oh, as well. Really?
1: You know, so. Are they, are they good? At, at your own peril.
2: <laughs> it's there, there's a mixture. There's okay. a mixture. Well, I mean that's to be expected. Can't make everybody happy. It's you and
1: possible. I were mentioned in one, so I'll let oh, you. Boy. I'll let you
2: check it out. Now you're gonna make me wait for the whole show to check it out. Too. <laughs> All right. I'm as bad as my son, I told
1: people a couple of weeks ago if they you know like if they reviewed in the Apple Podcast or whatever that we'd read the
2: reviews. and We didn't oh. get many at that
1: point, but
2: hey, read them up.
1: Well, do you want to start off with the one we were talking about? Why not? Going?
2: Let's just kick this off the right way. Let's just just jump Let's do it,
1: baby. Bombshell. David Smith. Why isn't the media asking Marcus Freeman or Tommy Reese the tough questions about the offense not being up to par? Mm. Do they get the questions beforehand and say which ones they'll answer?
2: That's my favorite part of that question, by the way. Because it starts off with like, okay, this is a reasonable question. You know, I'll I'll entertain the question. It's like, does he get the answers beforehand? It's like, okay, stop. It is. I would say, it felt during COVID. It felt very rehearsed as to who they would call on when nobody was in person.
1: When they had control of yes. things through the Zoom, it was correct.
2: I and... felt like that was a bit not rehearsed but there were certain people that they would call on because you knew that those guys were going to ask softball questions and like serious softball questions, like things that didn't even have to do with the game that was being played. You know, it's like, Hey, today's a sunny day. How do you feel about that? Being at Notre Dame? Like (laughs) those are the kind of, and we all, you and I both know who those people are. It felt like those people would get called on an awful lot. Yeah. We'll say that. Now that things are back to normal, I do not feel that that is the case.
3: I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee. And I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection. The rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
2: Well, and it's
1: different now too, because we are in person and you know, I haven't seen anybody denied the microphone to this question. There is a decorum when you work in the media. There is Correct. there is a certain sense of professionalism. I mean, the the bottom line is covering a team the way we, you know, when you're on the beat covering a team on a day-to-day basis, your job is to be as objective as possible. And like sure. me personally, what I learned a long time ago is and sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's harder. I have to remove my emotion from the equation when I'm covering a team so that I can be as objective as possible. And I know that pretty much, you know, probably 90% at least or more of the people on the beat obviously feel the same way. And there are Notre Dame alums who are on this beat, you know, and, you know, I know that there are, those guys feel the same way based upon the way I observe them going about. Their job. You know, now they they still have Notre Dame degrees hanging on their wall, but they're trying to be as impartial as possible when they're covering this team. And like sure to the question about asking the tough questions, I mean, I'm not sure what you want to ask. Like I heard, you know, just the other day, one of said Notre Dame alums asked Marcus Freeman, your red zone defense has not been good. How are you gonna fix it? You know, in as many words, I'm paraphrasing obviously. Right, but of course, like. What else do you want him to say? I mean, is he supposed to say your red zone defense sucks, you idiot? How are you supposed to, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I mean, he literally, it was like, you know, your red zone defense has not been, you know, what what steps are you taking right. to make it better? I, You know, like, I don't know if that's a quote unquote tough question or not, but I, I think all the appropriate questions have been asked. And there is a way to go about asking them. For one, if you're sitting face to face with someone, you know, and I saw Derek say this, you know, go into work tomorrow and ask your boss (laughs) the tough questions everyone wants to know. Let us know how it goes. And it's like, if you're sitting with your boss, you can't go in there confrontational or confrontationally and think that you're going to get a reasonable response to whatever it is you're asking him if you go in a confrontational Manner, And when you're covering a team like this on the beat, day after day through the season and year after year, you know, personally, I've been here for 22 years, you've been here for what 18 now doing this, and you know, and other people have been here for longer than than us, obviously, but you can't, you can't go about it in a confrontational fashion, or they can, you know, choose to do with you, whatever they, you know, like, I haven't seen this happen in a long time, but there was a time where someone was basically denied the microphone. For a while you know with the in-person right. stuff.
2: and and that's is Marcus Friedman our boss no he's not our boss right so I mean the parallel is hilarious but it's not it's not to a T but at the same time they do have control over how we do our jobs right because they can deny you the microphone they can deny you access they can deny you. Now, they haven't done this in a really long time, like you said. They have they, the
1: right to re, They, they, have they reserve the right. They don't have to give us a credential if they don't want right. to.
2: Right, and, and nobody's gotten in a fight with Marcus, Marcus Freeman either. You know what right. I mean? So, like, right. if you do that, if you go to those lengths, if you want to get into a verbal sparring match with Marcus Freeman, then you're putting your livelihood on the line is what I will say. Right. There's no need for that. You can get the information that you need. And then we have our forum here where we can discuss what we want to discuss. And, you know, I will say in the past, Notre Dame was much more wary about what was being said outside of press conferences and things of that nature. I mean, you know this. I know this from facts, right? They were very wary and they would listen to what people would say and they would be like, hey, let's not say that. I don't think that's really the case anymore. At least not to the degree that it used to be.
1: No, I agree, and it's not a CNN debate.
2: <laughs> I knew Robert, or I knew John
1: Kennedy. You, sir, are no John Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: It's that's a classic line. Well done. I know. And
1: you know, and again, I feel like there have been a lot of the questions that need to be asked have been asked. As as a coach, we know by now, even a first year head coach who is going through this for the first time, they're going to answer things the way they want to answer them anyway. You know, like we've got some stuff coming up in rapid fire about some things that were asked of Tommy Reese yesterday, you know, like, because they did say Tommy Reese and that, you know, not just Marcus Freeman, but some things that Tommy Reese said at his media session yesterday. And, you know, they're going to answer things the way they want to. Absolutely. You know? You ask yeah. the que- you, you you ask the questions that you think are pertinent, the best
2: ones you can, Absolutely. And, you know. Absolutely. And and I as I said I said this on Monday, I think Marcus Freeman's almost a little bit too honest at times. You know, like sometimes I know.
1: I mean, there have been a couple times where it's like, Yeah, <laughs> well, you don't really probably need to tell us that right
2: now because <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly not that he's giving away like game plans but just about like the way he thinks about something.
2: exactly you know? some of the inner working some of his you know thought process and look it's refreshing I will say that it is refreshing but at the same time it's like you need to hold things a little bit more closely you know closer to the vest I would say Uh but yeah I mean I, I still think that I still think that he is a breath of fresh air and he is what this program needs, but you know, uh, things need to be worked on and he is clearly working on them. I will say that much. So, yes, but no, there's no point in getting into a verbal, you know, fist fight with Marcus Freeman. That doesn't do anybody any good.
1: You know, again, there are some distressing things that we've seen, but he is seven games into his tenure. And it was funny because I was going back. I did a, I did a an interview with Niel Ivy a couple of weeks ago, and the podcast is up. And I asked her, "You're going into year three now. How are you most different as a head coach?" And she just talked about, you mm-hmm. know, that first year, like everything was a first time experience, yeah, and times right. like things were so fast sometimes. And now, going into year three, things have slowed down a lot. She's been through a lot of those things, sure, and it's it just feels a lot different already. And so, I do think that you know. It, Again, we said some of this coming in with Marcus Freeman. We we just didn't know to what degree some of these things would be, but time is going to take care of some of these things, you hope. Right. I, and you know, and there are varying results for first time sure. head coaches around the country, you know, from Lincoln Riley and Yeah, you know. It's,
2: yeah. it's completely agree. And we've seen yeah. the growth in L over those two years. Now that's yeah. being her 3rd there it's been tremendous growth. And I, and I will say that if you follow women's basketball, I think we were all a little bit disappointed in her first season, as far as from a wins loss, you know, standpoint, they, I think they lost some games. They probably shouldn't have lost, you know, that kind of a thing. And hopefully two years from now, we can all look back at this season, be like, yeah, they lost to some people they shouldn't have lost to, but now we're a national title contender because that's where Niel's team is. I mean, they are, one of the top upper echelon at least in the preseason rankings right they're one of the upper echelon teams and uh you know that's exciting and I know you're excited to to call those games and yeah that's what next week so
1: and I mean I could see a difference like in like some end of game strategy and substitutions and things like big difference from year one to year two you could tell and and again I think there's going to be some of that with Marcus Freeman as well you know I would expect there to be a lot of that because that is one thing like He's talked about, you know, well, like, you know, like, or like what we talked about earlier this week. With instead of going for it on those fourth downs, he took the points, and that's from one week to the next. He's like, okay, I'm taking the points. (laughs) You know, it's like, are you are you making a point by by taking the points? Because he did it quite a bit. You know, he didn't go for it on fourth down
2: very much. So, but he did.
1: You know, from one week to the next, you can tell
2: he's learning, and that's great. I mean, and I, it's funny that you mentioned it as I'm sitting here listening to you talk. There are a lot of parallels between Neil Ivy and Marcus Freeman. There are, there are a lot of parallels. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's going to be, and I'm interested to see how. Well, their I mean, think about it develop. just from the
1: fact of Freeman's following the all-time winningest coach. So is Neil Ivy. Yep,
2: absolutely. So, you know, for
1: their programs. Yeah, Hall of Famer on one side is not a Hall of Famer yet, but, you know, he's won a lot of games. I don't know. I would I would think at some point he's probably got a pretty good shot to be in the College Football Hall of Fame, you know. But for... both of
2: them were considered one of the top assistants in their game right. when they were finished being assistants, right? I mean, Niel was in the NBA, for goodness sakes. So, right. I mean, they were both looked at as, you know, the best at their, what they do. And then they both got their first head coaching job at the University of Notre Dame. Right. I realize the football end of things is bigger overall, but women's basketball at Notre Dame is no slouch because of what Muffet McGraw did.
3: Again,
1: both of them followed very high-profile yes. coaches at a very high-profile institution.
2: Right, so. exactly. So, it, yeah, I, I see a lot of parallels there. Young, really, really good at recruiting, yeah. You know, all of those different things. There's a lot of parallels there. It's going to be fun to watch both of their careers and kind of how they match up and mesh up as they move forward.
1: Concur. I just like this one, dropping dimes. Would you rather watch the 2016 team lose to Texas 10 times or watch this year's team lose to Marshall 10 times?
2: Uh, I don't want to ever watch Notre Dame lose to Marshall again. At least you can explain away Texas and say, well, it's Texas. You know, at least they have a history of winning. You know, Marshall has a movie, and that's about it. So, no, I I would take Texas – Every single time on this one. Every time. I would too.
1: I would too. No doubt. That Marshall was just like, not only was it a loss, it was just an ugly game and oh, yeah, just just the whole
2: thing. Yeah. Just not good.
1: Okay. Stymie Snurdly. Why does a touchback on a kickoff come out to the 25 but a touchdown on a punt or touchback on a punt only comes out to the 20? Because the NCAA says so.
2: <laughs> That's... <laughs> They'll say safety. I mean, that'll be their answer.
1: Yeah, I think they were trying to... They don't want kick returns. Because they're trying to minimize kickoff returns, they're trying to give some extra incentive to just take the touchback, Right. And so you get it at the 25 instead of the 20. I think that's the thing. Yeah, they
2: they don't want teams to return kickoffs. They don't. And returning punts is a lot less dangerous from a full-speed situation because you are allowed to block gunners... You know, you're allowed to block Gunners at the line of scrimmage where that's not the case on a kickoff, number one. Number two, you don't have a bunch of linemen running downfield to try to tackle the kickoff man. You do trying to tackle the punt returner. So they're not able to get up to the speed and, you know, all of the, – there's a many, a multitude of things. but Basically, they're discouraging kickoff returns and don't really care about punt returns because, well, again, let's be honest, most teams are fair-catching punt returns anyway.
1: Very true. Yep. Very good explanation as well. DMND 13. Which position groups do you think will be the best on each side of the ball on Ooh. next year's team?
2: Ooh.
1: I'm just going to go offensive line. They're only going to lose Jared yeah. Patterson and, and like Josh Lug. Oh, that's right. Josh. Yeah. So the
2: grandpa will be gone.
1: Excuse me. Yes. They will lose the two guards, but they're going to have two, you know, young. You know, I think you would expect Spindler be. will be in the mix. Yeah,
2: and then uh, Christophic, I would think, right. would be the other one, at least at the moment, since he's gotten starts already at guard. I think he's right. the presumed next man in, right? Um, Yeah, I think the offensive line will be really good. It's hard for me to go away from the running backs, though. I mean, that, that's true. You good should point. get all those guys back, you know, and you, you'll you get uh, Jabron Payne back, and, you know, you'll get – you're going to have quite a stable there. Uh, at running back. So that would be, it would be a toss up for me between the offensive line. And I think I would go running back just because in theory, as long as Chris Tyree doesn't leave for the NFL, which I don't think he's going to, you literally get everybody back. And in the offensive line, you do have to replace two guys. Not that I don't think those other two guys are going to do a good job, but you got the exact same running back room coming back of which we would probably say that that is one of the strengths right now for the team is the running back room. So yeah. I'm gonna go with running backs. And we
1: haven't even seen Jabron Payne yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's, you know, there's there's some potential there as well. Yes, know?
2: absolutely. And what do yeah. you think
1: about the defensive side? To me, I've got to go with the secondary. Yeah, I think. And just right now. Just because you got the young guys already yes, exactly. in there and you've got more talent on the way. And who knows if mm-hmm. they'll be able to make some impact next year, you know, as young guys.
2: If we were splitting the defensive backs between safeties and corners, I would stick with the corners alone. Right. But I think the strength of the cornerback room also leads me to say defensive backs, right? And the only reason I'm not going, I can't go with defensive line because they lose too much. You've got too many, too many guys to replace, too many tackles to replace, too many snaps to replace on the defensive line. They could be really good. The deep, the linebackers, again, if, The top line guys all leave and it's all youth. Yes, we're all excited about the linebackers, but they haven't proven themselves yet.
1: See that's that's, the difference. What happens if they all stay because of the extra COVID year? It's like it kind of creates a little bit of a conundrum, doesn't it? With with all, you know, like guys like Jalen Sneed, Prince Collie, who I think everyone wants to see more of
2: they i'm excited about that group but i can't go into the season saying they're going to be the best you right. know what i mean just because right. we've seen what these young dbs can do yeah so yeah it'll be interesting i i probably most excited about the linebackers i will say that much hmm. okay just because
1: of the potential
2: yeah yeah yep
1: all right super chat alan watson I know Tommy Reese is a smart man, but at times I want to hand him a copy of football for dummies. I must admit I was wrong about him. I really believe a change is needed sooner rather than later. So not really a question.
2: More of a comment, but we appreciate it, Alan. And I think we have hemmed and hawed kind of around that topic an awful lot, obviously not going to the point of football for dummies. I think he's a very smart guy when it comes to X's and O's it's, The only thing that I question is calling an offense for the personnel that you have available to you, which obviously is a big part of being an offensive coordinator, but I think that's, that's his downfall at the moment. Right. And that does bode well more for the NFL than it does for college, because the NFL is more carbon copy from team to team to team. When it comes to offense, you're not, within very few parameters you know obviously like the Ravens for example maybe the Kansas City Chiefs you're not really changing your offense based on the personnel that you have
1: I think I'd, I'd throw the Eagles
2: and that's fair absolutely and the bills
1: into that mix as well just because of the kind of quarter
3: like kind of along the lines of the Ravens you know right. mobile quarterbacks but that's that four that.
2: out of 32 right yeah. and yeah. I don't even think the Bears have done a great job of utilizing you know Justin Fields I mean it, he kind of does it on his own. I don't think that those are, a lot of them aren't designed. You know what I mean? So no. I, I just think that it bodes more well for the NFL because you could just plug Tommy into a lot of these different offenses and he'll be fine. You know, where it's college, you just got changing personnel all the time, year to year to year to year. To year. You have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to call plays for that personnel. I don't think he does a great job of that up to this point. You
1: know, and again, it, it just, It makes you wonder the last couple of years because we did see more of him, yeah, you know, catering and tailoring to the strength of the personnel. Who was calling those shots? You know, was it actually him that was doing that, or was it Brian Kelly telling him to do that? Because we haven't seen the same kind of adaptability so far. Yeah, absolutely correct. So, yeah, I, I don't, you know. I don't, you know, Alan, you're not alone. I I don't think
2: (laughs) we're all kind of scratching our heads to be perfectly honest with you. I, I am, I expected different. I will say that for sure.
1: Jeff, how much confidence do you have in the D containing Q's quarterback and his running given they've been atrocious against other QBs that aren't near the runners? This guy is in that area of game. Ouch. I say,
2: Okay, Sean, you're the stats guy. (laughs) Have they really been hurt to the degree of a game changing situation this year by a mobile quarterback?
1: No. I mean,
2: because I don't think they have. The quarterback
1: who did the most damage against them was the Cal quarterback, the guy from Purdue, who, you know, just would take, you know, the rush got past him and he would. You know, take off because he had so much open field in front of him. There, you know, there has not been a running type quarterback who has done that kind of damage. Like CJ Stroud didn't do anything right. against him. The key to the whole thing is not running past the quarterback. And, you know, when they run past the quarterback right. on their rush, you lose
2: contain. Yeah,
1: yeah. You lose contain. And then all of a sudden, everyone's downfield covering somebody. And there's, you know, again, there's there's open field in front of him. They can't run past the quarterback, and they've got to bring him down. Like at the very least, when you get to the quarterback, you've got to wrap him up and let somebody else get there right. to help you, even if you don't bring. Because this is a big guy, you know. He's that's that's sure. going to be part of this as well. Schrader is a big guy, so but they can't run past him like they've done with some. Like their their rush has just been too aggressive at times. They've got to get to, and part of that is just because we haven't seen a whole lot of. You know, whether it's a swim move or, you know, like a bull run, you know, we've, we've just seen mostly like speed rush off the edge, you know, straight outside. And when you do that by nature, because the tackle is willing yeah. to just sort of push you out that way and you end up going past sometimes there's there's, you know, spin move something. There's got to be some extra stuff. You know, the stuff up the middle has been the most successful. It seems like consistently anyway, you know, like getting there. So that's the biggest thing to me yeah. is just don't run past the quarterback. And actually, you know, again, like even if you're not going to be the one who brings him down, get your arms on him and and uh, get him in a, get him in a, you know, a stronghold and let somebody sure. else let your teammates get there and help you.
2: I would be more afraid of a quarterback who is not mobile hurting Notre Dame with their legs because they do game plan for mobile quarterbacks, and I don't think an actual mobile quarterback has hurt Notre Dame this year, right? So, I, I'm. I don't think it's going to be an issue. If I'm being honest, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't worry about this. My, I do have confidence in the, in Notre Dame containing the Syracuse quarterback. I do. So I, again, what they don't game plan for is the kid from Cal running all over the place because he's not a mobile quarterback. They didn't game plan for that and they didn't adjust to it very well. They will game plan for a quarterback who's mobile. So it doesn't, it doesn't concern me.
1: By the way, RE, the, uh, The running back room we were just talking about, Uh, someone on Twitter just told us, don't forget about J.D. Price in the running back room.
2: Absolutely. That's a good point as well. And Love, who just committed to Notre Dame. I mean, (laughs) you know, maybe he'll be in the slot more or whatever because he's more of an athlete than he is a running back, but they're going to have plenty of talent back there. There's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, that room is is shaping up right now. Absolutely. Uh, Anthony. Wants to know, would you prefer Notre Dame flip a top quarterback for the 2023 class, use the portal, or both?
2: Both. I don't have an issue with either one. I I don't. They need a quarterback in the 23 class. I mean, I will be highly disappointed if they don't get somebody in the 23 class, even if it's just a body at this point because I do not believe CJ Carr is going to reclassify nor do I want him to okay so I want to be on record as for that uh I don't want him to reclassify they need to get somebody you're Notre freaking Dame you can flip somebody to Notre Dame for your quarterback you got to do it now I'm sure that they're working on it But the question
1: it. is you know again you, you don't want to just flip a 3 star you want you want someone Right I want
2: four higher obviously yeah. and you know you got to you can't just you know I'm not available. You know what I mean? Like think, you can't, you just can't go get a body. Right. But, exactly. And, and as far as the transfer portal is concerned, people think that the transfer portal is some magical mystical place where you're going to find a starting quarterback ready and waiting. That's not always the case. You know, maybe you can maybe, but the Joe Burrows aren't always out there in the transfer portal. That can't be, They they can't just be sitting back. Well, we're not going to worry about 23. We'll just wait on the transfer portal. Like that can't be your plan. Right. You know, I have no problem with them bringing somebody in, but don't promise them the starting position either.
1: But, and that's what I was getting ready to say, because it was, it was Daniels, right. Who like right. everyone was all he bent wanted, out of shape. Right. About him that he wanted to come here. But part of that was he, he wanted more than just, you're going to compete for the job. You know, he wanted
2: the, he wanted the starting job. Yeah, He
1: wanted the job. Yeah. And that's, you've got two other guys who are here on scholarship and you, you know, you've got Tyler Buckner who started the season and I, you know, unless it's, unless it's a quarterback, who's like a top 10 quarterback right now with another who's, who's already playing right now, who ends up transferring. And, you know, like he's on a top 10 or top 12 team or something right. like that, you know, and he's, and he's, you know, and it's, so Unless it's someone with that kind of experience, I'm not just going to say, "Yeah, sure, you've got the starting job," if, you know, because most I'm of these guys are transferring all. because they're not right. playing where they are. Right. I'm not. Doing so that you're not all. just going to give somebody like that a job. You got to come in and show you can do it. So i you know, I've got no problem with that
2: philosophy. And and obviously, J.T. Daniels was not confident enough in himself to go win the job. I mean, yeah, there you go. I don't want that guy on my team.
1: Right. Tyler Evans. Do you think there's a booster for Texas A&M that will get Jimbo Fisher an $86 million check to leave? I wouldn't doubt it. I would say
2: yes. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of money down there, there a lot is. of oil money, and uh, I think that there is, or a couple that would combine forces or whatever. I, everything I've heard is that they're not very happy with, with good old Jimbo down there in A&M land, and uh, it would not surprise me in any way if he got cut loose.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's
2: it's gonna be one to
1: watch as the yes, season so goes on and as we get into de- December, you know, when the season ends,
2: if he, assuming
1: that he does still have a job, because
2: AM has Ole Miss this week, right? I believe so. So Ole Miss and AM, I mean, that's that's gonna be a battle. Ole Miss coming off that loss to LSU, which they never should have lost. And then, you know, they have to go to AM. I mean, that's gonna be Yeah. That's gonna be a battle. That's actually gonna be a fun one to watch. I hope obviously Ole Miss bounces back and you know, creates the seat a little hotter for good old Jimbo, but but
1: I mean look at some of these other places like Nebraska with Scott Frost. They were willing, they didn't even yeah. want to wait like it was what? a couple
2: of weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, a month? like
1: three more weeks, I think. Yeah. And have half the buyout. They so you know someone Yo. <laughs> was sitting there going, We're yep, I'll write the check <laughs> for a group of people. Yeah. And even at Wisconsin, I think Chris, you know, was was owed a pretty hefty yeah. buyout as well. And you know, they're there's, there's a lack of patience right now. Absolutely. So if someone's willing to cut the check, I would not be surprised at all. I just saw one. Okay. Back to uh, another <laughs> super chat. Is it Reese or Pine or a combination?
2: I'm going to go with C. It is a combination yeah. of the two because, yes, do I like the game plan that Reese is calling? Not especially. But – Pine is not completing the balls that he needs to complete either. I mean, he's leaving touchdowns on the feet. All, you know, he's leaving touchdowns out there. So it's both. I mean, there's no question about it. It's both. ruh Did we lose Sean Stiers?
1: I think I'm oh. back. Okay. Whew. When they start spinning, I'm like, did I, did I, do, is it me? Is it Vince? <laughs> but I made it back. You were in the middle of saying combination. I agree. Yeah. Look, play calling has not been optimal, and but there Correct. are still plenty of passes. Like, there are at least a half dozen passes in the last two games that if Drew Pine hits, it's a different game.
2: Completely different game. Completely and different.
1: I do still think you have to remember this is a backup quarterback who is out there. Correct. Running the show. Like, yes. The expectations obviously jacked up. Now, he's a third-year guy. You know, He's been around, but he was a backup coming into the season for a reason. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think some I, – I realize it's hard to be patient when you're watching this and you've invested as much as you have every Saturday, but it's just – for that reason, I do think Tommy Reese needs to do an even better job of yes giving Drew Pine, putting him – in situations especially where he can get some early success because confidence confidence is key for any quarterback but especially a guy like him it seems yeah. like he needs to build that early confidence and let that carry him throughout the game
2: which is why i put more of it on reese than i do on pine yeah but if there's any percentage that you're giving to pine it has to be a combination it's not 100 either one either guy i would say it's 60 40 with reese as the 60 and pine as the 40 you've got to you've got to call a game to Taylor to drew pine but drew pine has to complete those passes too so i mean it's a combination of the two no doubt about it
1: yep shannon wants to know if we think the noon start versus syracuse is a good thing for the irish i think it is get at it early no waiting around win big go home early
2: what do you think (sighs) i don't put a ton of stock in game times when it comes to college football I will say when you're on the road, a night game sucks. Excuse my language. Because yeah, you're sitting, all you're doing you're on the is hotel sitting around the hotel day. Exactly. Yeah. I, that's no good. So I would say anywhere between a noon and a 3.30 start is pretty great. You know, a noon start, you're getting up pretty stinking early to get over to the field, get ready, get taped, you know, wor- you know warming up and all those things. I mean, that's an early wake-up call. Yeah. So – That's the only problem I have with a noon start is it's such an early wake-up call, which means it's also a very early bed check and all of those other things. But when you're on the road, it probably doesn't matter quite as much as it would maybe if you were at home. So is it a benefit for Notre Dame? I don't know that it's a benefit. It's a benefit for us. (laughs) I'm happy that it's early. Yes. So I'm cool that the post-game show is going to end around dinner time as opposed to breakfast time. Right. So that's always a bonus. But, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder. If they come out and play well, then, yeah, it was a benefit to Notre Dame. If they don't, then you could make the argument the other way around.
1: I mean, they've played early games before. It's going to be a sellout crowd there at Syracuse. Yeah. So there should be – it's not like they're going to go play someplace at noon to a half-empty stadium or something like that. It, it There should be some buzz in the building. And I think, right. I think even as a visiting team, you can feed off. Some of that, you know, there's energy in the building and that kind of thing. It it is like you're you know, because like it's it's just so foreign to Notre Dame because we're typically used to they go on the road and what probably at least 80% of the time they're playing 730 kickoffs and that kind of thing when they go on the road. Those are brutal. Yeah.
2: Those are brutal. I mean, you you've experienced it going on the road with women's basketball. If they play a night game, not only are you sitting around the hotel the whole time. But then, generally, after the game is over, you're hopping on a plane to come home, which means you're getting back literally in the middle of the night, early morning. There's, there's, there's just nothing good about it. There's nothing yeah. good about it.
1: Yeah. We're going to Northwestern next month, and they're playing a 9 p.m. Eastern oh, time game after, brutal. you know, you go because, again, you got to go over the night before. Mm-hmm. You do the whole thing, you know, the whole routine and, and all that stuff. So I think there can be some benefit to it, but it it is, it, it is different for Notre Dame. So, Who knows? I mean, I'm really curious to see because we still have like the whole home versus away. And that's a question that, you know, that that came up, I think, last week as well. The home versus away thing has still stuck. They haven't played well at home. They've played much better on the road against (laughs) good teams.
2: Well, I'm this fairly is, confident about this week.
1: Yeah. And this is going to be the second time they played the number 16 team in the country on the road because BYU was number 16. Syracuse is number 16. Yeah. Get them both. Well, I guess you know, Shamrock series, but it, eh, it was still, away from home it's anyway. The West Coast so.
2: practically. So yeah, I mean your two time zones over. Yeah. Compared compared to Indiana, it's on the West Coast. I mean, I, I do want to throw this one in here right away. Uh, dropping dimes wants to know if we're still doing a kick, uh, a countdown show. Uh, Yeah, Yes. of course we are. It's 10 to noon, (laughs) maybe 10 to 11.50 or so, just to make sure we get... Or even earlier
1: than that, because (laughs) there's a podcast that has to be posted before the game starts. And once the game starts...
2: We got to be focused.
1: Yes. I can't be editing audio while the game is going on. So So. yes.
2: And this is a game where I also am very thankful that I'm not working for my old employer, because the countdown show that I would have done would have started at 7 a.m. Yeah. That's a hard pass at this point. So we are always 10 to noon, regardless of kickoff time. So make sure you guys tune in 10 to noon on Saturday. So thank you, Dropping Dimes. Appreciate that.
1: Yep. We will absolutely be there Saturday morning. We'll be right here with you. Just go ahead and throw this one. Vince, who's the signature on the Louisville Slugger bat behind you?
2: It is a Ryan Sandberg bat and uh it has a fake signature like an engraved signature on it and it has like his stats and you know his mvp and all of that well back when he was a single a manager and i forget what organization was it for the it wasn't for the cubs organization was it i think it was was it okay but it was, but at the was time, before they were here yes yeah. so at the time the cubs organization was Peoria and so they came to south bend and i took my bat with me to the game and he actually signed it for me nice. which was awesome so it's got the real signature on it and it's also got kind of the engraved signature on it so it's kind of my pride and joy uh but I also have a a uh a, a scorecard from the country club that I used to work at and era Parsegian and Lou Holtz played around a round of golf together and they both signed it for me Very and nice. uh Lou Holtz said he hope that I would go play football for them someday that clearly did not occur so (laughs) but I do have that over there on my shelf
1: he tried to will it into power but it didn't quite (laughs)
2: That's right.
1: all right let me see another super chat how do you see the offensive line progress so far even though they're running into stacked boxes and the offensive coordinator really doesn't help out with the play calling just any chance you get you know that the old Hey, let me reshut.
2: Uh, Ryan and I talked about the offensive line a bunch on Monday nights upon further review show. And that was my big offensive takeaway from a positive standpoint was the offensive line. They were getting massive push. And Logan Diggs wasn't even being touched until he was two or three yards down the field because the offensive line was moving the line of scrimmage. The problem was once you got past the offensive line. there were were too many hats in the box to block. And so he would get tackled, right? The offensive line did everything that they could in that game. Yes, they should be able to move UNLV's defensive front, no doubt about it, but they did. And I feel like they have gotten better as a fivesome. They have gotten better week to week to week to week. And they were the bright spot for me uh, this past game. I I thought that they played really, really well as a group. I really do.
1: Yeah, I think this is... We're starting to see what we thought this group was going to be mm-hmm. at the start of the season. You know, we, yeah. we obviously had our expectations high for them early on, especially with Harry Hestan yeah. coming back. You know, that was the reason, I think, for those expectations. But they're playing better and better. And the fact that they are like if this were last year, they're not
2: there's no semblance of a running game the way no. the line played last year. No, not even it's, close. Not even close. They would have been pushed around by UNLV. Yeah. it would have been ugly. So, yes, Tommy Reese is doing the offensive line no favors with the run plays that he is calling, but they're doing their darndest to move the line of scrimmage in a positive way. Yeah.
1: Anthony, this is a follow-up to the uh, Jimbo Fisher question. <laughs> Will our boosters pony up $86 million to uh, send Tommy to A&M to help out Jimbo?
2: Number one, I don't think it would cost that much. Uh, but I, you know... Depends on who those boosters are. Let's put it that way. If they're boosters that listen to our show, that might be a possibility. Uh, but uh, if, if they listen to other people, maybe that's not so much the case. But I think that's pretty funny, Anthony. And uh, wouldn't that be apropos if he ended up in in uh, College Station? That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Because he'd be rich. And I'd be, hey, more power to you, my friend.
1: Yeah. Keith wants to know, do you think one of the biggest problems with J.D. Bertrand and Maris Leofield is they both play out of control?
2: <sighs> Marist, yes. Maris, yes. I think J.D. think – and I think they both, to a degree, are paraly- you know, paralysis by analysis a mm-hmm. little bit. I think sometimes their eyes lie to them. I think sometimes their key – and this is more J.D. I think his keys lie to him. That's Sometimes. what I was gonna say.
1: Like JD is specifically, yeah. It's the keys, I think. I, more I don't think he's playing, playing out of control.
2: control. I would never yeah. describe JD's play as playing out of control. I, I yeah. really wouldn't. I would say that he just doesn't read the keys great at times. Now, other times he reads it great. He reads it really, really well. Like he sniffed out that screen like like a friggin' pro, you know, in the last game. And then there's times where he's running to I don't know where. And it makes no sense to me. And I really try to break down the film and figure out what he sees. And I don't get it. So it's like you've got, he's up here and down here. And there's no middle ground. Maris is just, you've got to give him something to fire at. And that's what he's going to do. And that's where he's going to be at his best. And
1: like Al Golden was asked about JD last week. And he was asked about the criticism that JD gets. And you can tell Al Golden is not reading or listening. You know, he's not on social media. He's not listening to anything. Because he was like, "There's criticism of JD Bertrand. Yeah. Like, who would totally criticize JD Bertrand?" Hilarious. But then, what he went into was he talked about JD's leadership, and sure. leadership and what you do on the field are two completely different things. I mean, I they think are. everyone will agree that that JD is a great leader, and he does a lot of great things off the field as well. You know, with the charities and
2: mm-hmm.
1: all, you know, the you know the philanthropical stuff and all that kind of thing. But the you know the the actual on field playing there's a lot of room for improvement. He's still yeah. leading the team in tackles right now, even though he's missed almost three full or two and a half games or whatever it was. But you know with the suspensions, but there's still a lot of room for improvement because of what you're talking about. And, and Leafele, yeah. like he's always kind of been that Tasmanian devil kind of guy, and that's I think that's always kind of where you know been. Mm-hmm. He's playing a little bit better than two years ago. When when he was out there splitting time with Shane Simon, but there, it's still like you're seeing some of those deficiencies. But I also, again, the kind of system that Al Golden has, like you were talking about, the keys are there too many keys for these guys. Right? Would simplification be
2: better for these guys? Because JD hasn't necessarily gotten worse from year you know last year to this year. I mean, he was a tackling machine last year, right? Even though people still had issues with his play. I think he's just got too much on his plate. I really do. You have to simplify things to a degree for these linebackers to play at their best because they are not as athletic as they could be, and that slows them down. Right? You have to make things a little bit more simple. Right.
1: Shannon, would you rather be stuck in three hours of traffic in Chicago or have to rewatch the Notre Dame-Stanford game from a couple weeks ago?
2: That's an easy one for me. I don't know
1: about you. Um, my answer, because I cannot stand sitting still in traffic and within three hours, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So unfortunately I would subject myself to the Notre Dame Stanford rather than, than sit in three hours of Chicago
2: traffic. I have I've come very close to becoming an ax murderer by sitting in traffic. Yeah. So, I can't stand it. i there's a reason I live where I live.
1: I will take every side street in the world <laughs> to avoid <laughs> an extra thirty seconds at a yes. stoplight or you know,
2: <laughs> there are very few things in my life that I hate more than brake lights., yes. and when you're going into a big city and you see those brake lights coming, man, it is just a knife to the heart. i I, I swear I cannot i I need to know exactly how I mean, you know me. And you know I'm either right on time or a couple minutes late to everything. Right. If I don't know the exact amount of time it takes me to get. And it's
1: more the latter than the former.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If I don't know what time it takes me from get to A to B, exactly to the minute, then I don't, like, I can't even imagine. We got to go five miles. Might take 10 minutes. Might take an hour. I don't know. That's whatever. Like, nope. I can't live my life that way. I can't do it. I know.
1: I know. And it's like George Costanza in the Seinfeld episode, He said, like, get in the right lane, get in the left lane, don't take the bridge. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: like, Seriously. Get out. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. And I, I second guess every move I make, I should have stayed in that lane. Or I know. Oh, I know. And the
1: toll booths going to Chicago, it's always like flip a coin. It's like, That's... it's like, you've got, you, you know, you've got a choice of three. And of course, the one that you get in always, you know, then, as soon as you're in that one, you look to your left and the cars are like zipping right through that gate. But as you're soon as you get over there, nobody's moving. That's as soon right. as you
2: get over there, it'll stop. And then the one That's you right. were in starts going. That's just That's right. how it works, man. And it's like you want to
1: yell at the people. Have the money ready. You've been sitting in this line for 10 minutes. Why are you still digging in your pockets when you get up to the toll booth person or the machine? You should have it ready to go. Yeah, you took us down a bad path there, Shannon. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no doubt about that. No, doubt about that.
1: Salty, what are the chances Marcus will bring in David Cutcliffe or someone like that for quarterback development, if not OC?
2: Well, first of all, you can't just bring him in for quarterback development. You have to fire a coach, okay, because he can't develop a quarterback and not be an on-the-field coach. And who you're getting rid of, I know everybody's going to say Tommy. If you're bringing in David Cutcliffe, it's because you're looking for an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? So would I be fine with that? I mean, sure, give him a shot. I mean, I don't. He's obviously have he has head coaching experience. So I think a lot of people would like. He obviously has had a lot of success with quarterbacks. Now, his success is with you know his most storied success has been with the Mannings. I feel like you or I probably could have coached the Mannings, and and people would have thought we were quarterback gurus as well. But at the same time, <laughs> he does have a pedigree of coaching up quarterbacks and things of that nature. I feel like he could do a really good job with notre dame's quarterback so i'd be fine with it what are the chances i don't See, know what marcus's relationship is with david cutcliffe
3: yeah
1: don't you don't know what his relationship with him maybe there's somebody else and he still has an offensive coordinator right now and you know a little bit less than half a season to get through so yeah. i don't know
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean and
1: I um, think I think you know just from the outside looking in, everyone would be fine with a move like that right now. But you, I just I have no idea how realistic that is at this point. Yeah, right. Agreed. I'll get Tyler's super chat in. Ooh, Cowboys versus Bears Sunday. I mean, come on, Tyler. I you mean, know, you know who I'm rolling
2: with. We know who he's rolling with, and you know who I'm rolling with. <laughs> <that> there, <laughs> one of the I forgot that it. I know. <laughs> He's a Cowboys fan. I'm a Bears fan. You 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 got to ride or die with your team, you know. So this is this is the one week where we have to go head to head. And based on the way the Bears played the Monday night, I mean, it's not the be all end all, but it was pretty fun to watch.
1: It played well.
2: It was I was fun shocked. To watch.
1: I was shocked. My daughter was happy. I Was too.
2: I was shocked too. Believe I've me, I've informed
1: I... her that you know <laughs> she might have to get kicked out of the house if she doesn't watch out.
2: <laughs> I, you know, if the bears win, I hope she's just sticking it to you all night. <laughs> that's right. It'd be great.
1: I've, uh, I, you know, I, I think the over under in that game is like 42 and a half and I'm
2: feeling the under, Ooh, right now. That's not, a lot not of feeling a whole lot of film game, especially with these offenses. I know it's a lot. Oh, Cairo Santos though. He's money. Just get him the ball. Let him kick some field goals.
1: He is. He is. Bears defense is, you know, playing pretty, pretty well. But
2: the Cowboys' defense, is pretty darn good too. And that's, I think it's going to be a little me.
1: more complicated for for Justin Fields yes. than it was against the Patriots. I
2: agree. Yeah, I agree.
1: Who do you think ends up in the playoffs this year? And I'm assuming you mean college football playoffs. I
2: would assume that that is what he means as well. I mean,
1: like it's going to be Ohio State or Michigan
2: yeah one of those two teams so I'll go with Ohio State I will never say Michigan
1: yeah and it's I I just
2: you know i have not impressed with Michigan though no I mean from an analyst standpoint right I have not been that impressed with Michigan I've been more impressed with what Ohio State has done although neither one has played much of a schedule up to this point
1: right right I think I lean toward Ohio State yeah I'm trying to figure out how sold I am on Tennessee, you know, just because yeah. they haven't been in this situation before. And there's still a lot of season to go through down there in the SEC. Like
2: yeah, there are.
1: And I'm 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 pulling up their schedule here to see who they've got. Like they've got Georgia coming up here in a couple of weeks. They went from Alabama to UT Martin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Classic SEC schedule, but now
1: they've got Kentucky, which Kentucky could. Basically, it comes down to what they do against Georgia this on November fifth, same day Notre Dame plays Clemson, because then then they've got Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. So you know, but then the you know the other question is how many teams from the SEC you're getting in? Are you getting two? Sure, sure. which two are they going to be?
2: Georgia, Tennessee would be the obvious two choices at the present.
1: Georgia's still rolling right
2: now. Yeah, and, and then there's going to be eight. that fourth team too. I don't think Alabama gets in unless, I mean, probably
1: Clemson. You know, unless yeah. Notre Dame knocks off Clemson, Clemson is going to get in as well. Yeah.
2: Even yeah, even if Clemson loses, if Clemson loses to Notre Dame, I don't think that they get in. I think that's right. I mean, Notre Dame's from a strength I, of schedule standpoint because of Notre Dame's good. Right? right from from a national perspective, they're not good. And so that would really, really hurt Clemson's resume if Clemson loses to Notre Dame. So if they lose to Notre Dame, I think I think the final two spots are pretty wide open at the moment. So speaking of the final two spots and speaking of the college football playoff rankings, as soon as those rankings come out, Brian and I are going to have a show. shows next week every Tuesday, yes, talking about the rankings. And whether we agree or disagree, so and it might
1: in. be here. We might be doing it on this show next week, since
2: yes, there's still things some in the th- air. There cause... are things
1: being talked about because I yes. know I'll be around, and I don't, you know, because like with <laughs> with women's basketball starting, you you know, I sent out this email to all the guys the other day, and I'm sure their heads all exploded trying to ingest all these conflicts <laughs> that I have coming up, but. I will be in town next Tuesday. And Brian and I talked about maybe Uh, we do it, you know, like at the end of the show or something like that. Yeah, because he, you know.
2: Yeah, we don't have to go into what we talked about with that. But, yes. But there will
1: be Tuesday college football playoff
2: ranking reveal type show. Yes. Yeah. And and if I remember right from last year, the time of the ranking would, like, move based on programming (sighs) at ESPN.
1: Well, I was going to say, with basketball starting, you know, because there were times where, like, It'd be on at halftime of a basketball game. Right. That kind of thing. Really
2: annoying.
1: Tyler, when are you going to join the Big Ten Conference? Because my Buckeyes would love to beat you guys on a regular basis. We're letting I, Ohio State fans back in here. Well, Welcome, I, I
2: did, I did uh, star that one from Tyler, and then about three comments later, I blocked him. So, oh, okay. I figured I'd keep him in because even with the end of the thing, I didn't thing, see what I, he
1: was saying. Was he going? Was he just going nuts? Oh uh,
2: yeah, Notre Dame's a dumpster fire. All okay, day. okay, all goodbye. Right. You know, but see ya, Tyler, <laughs> you know the first part. I don't mind the question. The answer is no time in the near future. And be, and we've had this conversation about the Big Ten many, many times. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, because Notre Dame is still a viable product without conference affiliation. And they will be until things change. And the expansion of the playoff only cements that for me. So I don't see them joining a conference anytime soon.
1: No, I completely agree. It's not going to happen. The fact that they expanded the college football playoff—that is—that was the key, and they're working on that TV contract. Those have been the top two things all along. Having the access to the college football playoff and having the TV contract for the home games, and you know, as we've talked about on this show before, it's like what three more seasons they've got left on that—you know—in the current deal but there's going to be some bidding partners out there Absolutely. and nbc got what they wanted by adding the big 10 that's not a detriment for notre dame nbc wanted more than just notre dame they wanted to be able to basically have as much college football as possible on saturdays notre dame in addition to something else they got a big 10 package for primetime and they're going to have notre dame as well or you know not we don't know for sure but i think that they're going to be some competitors in that bidding as well, because, you know, because with all this different things, I think Fox could be in that mix. I think CBS might even be in the mix. And who knows, like if, if, you know, Disney ABC would want to be in that mix. So I don't see him joining. No, it's any no anytime soon. That a
2: Frosty? <laughs>
1: Let me see. I'm, I'm looking something up here real quick. All right. Fair enough. I'll, I'll pull
2: this up then. Derek wants to know if I'm drinking a frosty. Uh, it is not; it is a soft drink. But uh, I was very tempted to get a frosty when my meal was over for lunch. So <laughs> very tempted. I I did donate a dollar to homeless children to get five free frosties. Ah. They're sitting right on my dashboard on my car, and I need to start cashing those in. So nice. I'm I'm excited about that, and I hope nice. so. My dollar really goes to help the homeless children
1: where the, the okay here it is i was gonna say I, I I lost it so mr 2.0 given how this season's gone for both the team and for individual players do you see the animalola twins both coming back next year along with riley mills so that's what i was looking up
2: yeah so oh okay jason
1: has played this is his fifth year and he has played 11 games 11 games eight games 13 games last year and he's on set. So this is it for this Jason. Is year 5. No matter what. Yeah, and this is year 5 and, and he's played and He's
2: played 5. So he's right. using his covid year right now.
1: Exactly. And right. Justin only played 3 games as so a freshman. So he has one what. more year left. And I would think he would come back. Man, I, I
2: I would be putting a pretty hard sell on Justin because the viper position is wide open after this year because i know people were counting on keon keely kind of taking that spot as a true freshman which at the same time even if keon keely was coming in i would still be begging justin to come back yeah because i'm not pinning all my hopes and dreams on a true freshman on the defensive line but now that's that has become even more of an open position and so like look justin you are going to be the dude on the defensive line if you come back yes and you will only raise your draft stock, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I am begging him to come back. So, regardless of how this season went, I'm still begging Justin to come back.
1: I agree. Uh, and I think that he should. You know, there's he's played well yeah. this year. Don't get me wrong, but, but he, he ha- hasn't played NFL well. Right.
2: And he's, and it's been in, you know, a reserve type role. I mean, he's yeah. not a starter, right? And he's been getting snaps. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the man on the line next year. He could be, you yeah. know, he could be considered one of those guys. So yeah, I, I think, I think he'll def. I, well, I think the staff will definitely try to get him to come back. And I think he's a smart kid and I think he'll make that the right decision. I hope. Yeah. I hope.
1: Hunter wants to know how bad did the Stanford loss hurt the recruiting?
2: I don't think it did. I mean, we've we've talked about this a bunch. Is the win-loss record important to recruiting? It's okay. I mean, it it it's a factor, but I don't think it's a very high factor to be honest because again, you've got Marcus Freeman selling, you know, what these kids are trying to buy and he can loop the win-loss record however he wants to make it you know what I mean? To make it appealing to a recruit. Hey, see that kid? He sucks. That's your spot. Let's get in. You know, let's make it happen. Yeah, obviously he obviously wouldn't say it like that, but you know what I mean? Like you can spin it any way you want. If you're an offensive lineman, hey, you're not going to play right away, but when you do, you're going to be coached by Harry Heastan and you're going to go to the NFL. Yep. Or if it's a position of need, like, hey, look at these wide receivers. It's going to be the lowest output for wide receivers since the Bob Davy era. We could use you right now. Yep. You know, so I mean you can spin it any way you want. And I fully anticipate Marcus Freeman will do that.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, from the outside there's more hand-wringing than from the inside right. when it comes to actual wins and losses, because after 2016, <laughs> the recruiting, you know, they Absolutely. had a good they had a good recruiting class and they started You know, the recruiting continued to get better, you know, and I think that that becomes part of the pitch. Hey, we need you out there. Yeah, you can you can help us. You know, absolutely.
2: Yeah. No question. You can sell it any way you want. I mean, that's, that's how you recruit. I mean, and I trust Marcus Freeman in that arena very much.
1: Shamrocker, are you open to predicting against Notre Dame on a few of these upcoming Games. I'm always open to
2: it. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I
1: don't, I don't I'm not sure <laughs> what the intent of that is, but
2: I think they're trying to. Say, are are you a true homer? Are, right? Are you a homer? I mean, if
1: that's it, I mean, like I'm,
2: I'll, no, I'm not going to. Well, I just, I haven't done my pick for Syracuse yet. I will tell you, I'm going to pick Notre Dame to win because I like how they play on the road. I don't know any specifics yet.
0: As See, far and as that's the corner. only
1: thing. Like, if if this was a home game, I think I'd probably pick Syracuse for sure. <laughs> to be quite honest, the way they played at home. Yeah. Right. But the fact that it's on the road, maybe that is a factor. You sure. Know, maybe that does help them.
2: Right. And, I, and I'll tell you what, Shamrocker, I, right now, I would pick Notre Dame to lose to Clemson because it's at home. But they're, I have a feeling they're just going to play really, really well. It's going to be a good game plan, all these different things against Syracuse. And it's going to change my mind. I'm going to be like, okay, they figured it out. Let's go. And then they're going to lay an egg. Like, <laughs> I'm always open to picking Notre Dame to lose. That's not, that is definitely not an issue. Yeah.
1: Stymie wants to know if there'll be an IB basketball show this year. Maybe not daily, but at least once a week. I mean, you know, once January and February roll around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> IB <laughs> Nation sports talk. That's right. Join us because you we know, will talk even, about it.
1: Even December. I mean, they're you know, <laughs> depending on bowl game, yeah. there's no, you know. I, no I in December. So
2: I sent Brian my availability for men's basketball. I'm I am back on the bandwagon of watching Notre Dame basketball. So I'm excited to go to a few. You're games on the Notre Dame
1: men's basketball beat now, I'm huh? Back.
2: I'm back, right. baby. I'm back. Right. I had a ban for a year. Now I'm back. <laughs> self-imposed, by the way. I don't want people to think that I was banned by Notre Dame. Yeah. But uh, hoping to get out to a couple of girls' game, women, women, women's games <laughs> this year. So I'm pumped about that. And so yeah, we're going to talk about women's basketball, men's Connecticut's basketball. Connecticut's coming in this year. You Absolutely. Know. No, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time.
1: Yep. Yeah, and one final one. Craig says when the TV contract runs out with NBC, should go with Fox or CBS. You're
2: not going to get an argument from me. Yeah. I, I, it's not a priority for, for NBC from a broadcasting standpoint. From a priority standpoint, I mean, let's be honest. Notre Dame was on Peacock. While they showed ice skating on NBC. Okay. That tells me that Notre Dame football is not a priority.
1: And you can't tell me that they're selling that many subscriptions to Peacock. No. you know, Based on the Toledo and UNLV games. Right. And whatever game they end up sticking there next year. Because they'll stick another one there yeah. next year. And look. The major entities. Like Ohio State ain't, ain't playing on streaming services during <laughs> the season. Neither is <laughs> Michigan. Right. You know. Right, like, not exclusively, yeah. I realize, right, and I realize, you know, like the Big 12 part of their contract with, with ESPN is a lot of those games end up on ESPN+, Plus. but yeah, it's like Notre Dame is, is not Kansas State or Iowa State. Right,
2: Ex- absolutely. <laughs>
1: You've got a network TV contract for a reason, and the mm-hmm. fact that you're, you know, I'm like, you're never going to see those streaming numbers, by the way. We never saw the nope. streaming numbers for Toledo. You're never going to see the numbers because they're not numbers that they want you to see.
2: Because they're not good.
1: No. Well, let's wrap it up with that. We had a lot of good stuff tonight. Appreciate all the participation. Yes. And uh, don't forget there is an IB countdown to kickoff. I guess we should be reiterating that since there was some question about that earlier in the show. We will have it. Still, uh, you know, we'll be there. And uh, USMA 87 loves Vision Quest as well. Shout out to you. But we will have Ivy Countdown to kick off 10 o'clock Saturday morning, as always, even though we've got that noon game. You know, we might just abbreviate it a little bit. Talk to the Syracuse guy today, so we'll have that, you know, coming up and all that kind of good stuff. So, beautiful. Got that on the way. All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. Vince, I will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Glad to know you won't be eating McRibs in the meantime. Talk to you tomorrow to finish off the week. Ivy Nation Sports Talk.